Welcome to Gu Dao Jingxing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into Dao De Jing and other Taoist classics to uncover their timeless wisdom and to talk about how to apply it to today's chaotic world. I'm David Wang, executive coach. I'm joined by my co-host Ian Felton, practicing psychotherapist. Hi, Ian. Hey, David. Good to see you. Good to see you too. How are you doing today? Doing great. How about you? Doing much better. I had a kind of a, a rough start to the weekend. I think I I exhausted myself, which is one of the things that we talk about in in Taoism, knowing when to stop. And and I obviously didn't pay too good of attention to that. I think compounded by maybe some kind of um, virus or bacteria or something mm-hmm. kind of going around, but doing much better now. I'm glad to hear that. You know, uh, take some time off and just kind of slow down and uh, go with the flow, right? Go with, you know, live in accordance with Tao. Yeah, don't have to push things so much. Exactly, exactly. You know, today, uh, you know, at the request of some of our listeners, uh, we are uh, going back uh, to chapter one of Dao De Jing, because when we started to launch our podcast, we started in the middle of Dao De Jing, and you know when we were, uh, I think we were halfway, about halfway, uh, through Dao De Jing at that time when we started recording. So now, uh, I think it's a great to really go back to the very beginning, uh, together with you and with our. Uh, with our listeners. So today, so we'll study together uh, chapter one, which sets the uh, the key uh, message and the tone for the entire, uh, you know, entire um, text, entire text. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I, I appreciated um, when Brian wrote to us and mm-hmm. he explained how much value he was getting from our podcast and how much he really hoped that we would go back to the start. And I know we're not going to abandon our current format of of doing some more thematic discussions. We're just going to kind of rotate where we'll do chapter one and then kind of the next episode we'll do a theme and then Mm -hmm. chapter two. And so kind of do a hybrid model for a while right right so so let's dive in uh would you like to um read in chinese the original text and then i'll share with our listeners the uh one version of the english translation cool yeah i'm i'm very excited to read today Mm -hmm. go ahead dao cook dao Fei Chang Dao Ming Ke Ming Fei Chang Ming Wu Ming Tian Di Zhi Shi You Ming Wan Wu Zhi Mu Gu Chang Wu Yu Yi Guan Qi Miao Chang Yu Yu Yi Guan Qi Jiao Sulianja Tong Chu 
而异名，同谓之玄，玄之又玄，众妙之门。Perfect. Well, let me share with you. Uh, a version, a translation version from Stephen Mitchell,、um, and uh, this is uh, one of my one of my favorite translations.、Um, it goes like this: The Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The unnameable. Is the eternally real. Naming is the origin of all particular things. Free from desire, you realize the mystery. Caught in desire, you see only the manifestations. Yet mystery and manifestations arise from the same source. This source is called darkness. Darkness within darkness, the gateway to all understanding. Love that translation. Yes, me too. Yes. So let's, you know,、um, kind of take a step back, and、um, you know, I would like to start with the key word in this chapter, which you know is Tao, and the whole book is called Tao De Jing. And、uh, in Chinese, Tao's original meaning is the path. If somebody is like walking down the path,、um, I would like to ask you: What's your understanding of this key com key key word, Tao? Well, I think to to talk about the understanding, we also have to talk about the other. Key word in this first chapter, and I think it, Lao Tzu uses this word so many times to really emphasize it, which is Xuan.、Mm -hmm. Yep. And Xuan can can be thought of as mystery or darkness. In Stephen Mitchell's translation, he uses、mm -hmm. the word darkness a lot, which I think,、mm -hmm. as a psychoanalyst and someone who Talks about the unconscious mind.、Mm -hmm. Maybe another adequate substitute for Schwen is is the unconscious.、Mm -hmm. So, understanding means also embracing darkness. Means embracing mystery. Means embracing that there's a whole lot that's outside of the realm of our conscious minds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so that's sort of this doorway of mystery of of spirituality. I I think actually spirituality is is another way of talking about、um, to really become spiritual and to have spiritual understanding. You, you sort of have to embrace. That there is going to be a whole lot outside of our conscious experience to continue to explore and uncover as we exist. I see something beyond beyond the the realm realm of、uh, consciousness.、Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's something beyond. You also use the word in, you know, um, in psychology as like, a, you know, darkness, right? There's darkness. I mean, yeah. is darkness, is that good or evil? Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? Because the word, the moment you think about darkness, you talked about darkness, the opposite is light. So let's say in the Bible and also in the political realm nowadays, you hear like say, you know, let's, um, let's, let's pursue light. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that, that dichotomy mm -hmm. doesn't persuade me the same way uh, I prefer looking at it as a complementary mm -hmm. forces. So when, when things are set up as good versus evil, mm -hmm. you had sent me a text this week from, I'm just going to say your average status quo politician who isn't sincere. I don't remember even which one it was. They all seem the same to me in a, in a lot of ways, but trying to make the situation and um, the world mm -hmm. as very black and white, good versus evil, etc. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's very helpful. I think looking at things mm -hmm. as complementary forces that co co-create each other just you know um Zhuangzi gets a lot into this about how you kind of need long to have short and short to have long right. and you, you without beauty you can't have ugly and vice versa and how there's a dialectic in the universe and without that dialectic there's no differentiation. There's no 10,000 things. Right. And so it's necessary for these things to be the way that they are so that differentiation can even begin to, to happen. Right. Right. So to get back to this understanding of Tao, then Tao actually has both light and darkness. Right, both mm -hmm. manifestation and and the mystery part. Is that mm -hmm. the correct understanding, or is that the kind of how we should understand the Tao? Yeah, I, I mean, and, and the the word that comes up, or the phrase that comes up for me, come from Buddhism, a popular one when you see the Buddha, kill the Buddha. And, and that's what entered my mind when you said, is that how we should understand Tao? I think it's mm -hmm. as soon as we think we have an intellectual understanding of Tao, I think we need to let go of that because whatever that is, can't be it. I mean, that's why even Lao Tzu says in line two, Ming Ku Ming, Fei Chang Ming, like whatever word you use, it's the opposite of whatever the eternal thing is. Yeah, 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 makes sense. So in other words, like whatever we name or what, what, whatever we conceptualize serves as a more of a pointer. It's not the real thing. 
Yeah, or a stepping stone. Stepping stone or a boat that the ferry that takes us from, you know, one place maybe to toward something, right? Something bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the characteristics of Tao then? If we don't, you know, we can't conceptualize them. We cannot put that in a box into a theory. So... Can you describe some of the, you know, the, the nature of Tao or the dynamics of Tao, how it's working? Well, I think we've already touched on, I think, the biggest one, which is mis- mysterious. Okay, that's a word uh, kind of to just get at it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I think just even looking at advancements in physics, which tries to methodically uncover the mysteries of the universe. This isn't even new knowledge at this point. Mm -hmm. It's been around for a long time, but we know that more than 99% of the matter that Mm -hmm. physicists know is in the universe. They can't account for it. They don't know where it is. They don't know how to measure it Mm -hmm. and they call it dark matter. Right. And so there's not really an irony, but what Lao Tzu said in this pre-scientific era, just through his own intuition, which is that what we know about Tao is mainly mysterious, that as science uncovered the mysteries of the universe, they basically came out and said, yep, the the essence of matter in the universe is completely dark. It's Schwen. Right. So scientists have basically came out and said, um, Tong Wei, Jir Schwen. Schwen, Jir, Yo Schwen. I mean, right. they, they, they essentially have reiterated exactly what Lao Tzu said. Right, right. Okay, knowing that... Um, how does that translate into our day-to-day understanding or our day-to-day seeing the world, seeing things around us, this sense of acceptance or realization of mystery and darkness within darkness? Well, that leaves us with the, the other gift that Lao Tzu gave us, which, you know, he, he gets into the, the 10,000 things that in, in mm-hmm. Chinese literature and in um, ancient Chinese, Wan uh, Wu, 10,000 things mm-hmm. is the metaphor for essentially everything, all the manifestations that people can observe. Right. And, and so what Lao Tzu then spells out for us is that we're going to have to accept living within the mystery of, of Tao, this unfathomable mystery. But there are the 10,000 things, which is the manifestations, the, the nameable aspects of Tao. And in our human consciousness, we can observe, we can try to cultivate virtue within that plane of consciousness. And that's really the, the best option that we have we we don't have a better option Mm 
And so that's focus on that realm. So you're saying that we're actually really like walking the timeless way means walking a balance between that acceptance and uh, the, the fact that, you know, we can shape and participate and co-create with the manifestations of whatever kinds. It, it, it sounds like a, a balancing act to me because, you know, you don't claim you are Mr. Know-it-all. I have all the answers. Mm -hmm. There are mystery there, there are darkness, like layers of darkness within darkness. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that that kind of a mindset will that keeps you open-minded, right? Open-hearted mm -hmm. and humble. Yeah. And then the other side is you are not like just because of that, you're just like are you know having no sense of human agency because humans as part of other 10,000 things we're all manifestations of Tao so mm -hmm. we act in according to you know human nature right mm -hmm. and then in that realm you know we're working with Tao to further and further manifest our nature. I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. 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 That's, I, I think if I understand what you're describing, um, because I, I think a lot of times in human terms, uh, you either see, Oh, you know, kind of, we, we know nothing, so we can't do anything. It's total, mm -hmm. Passivity, Nihilism. you know, like yeah. right, very passive and uh, kind of resigned, you know, renounced. Yeah, yeah you're, you're yeah. not or cynical or cynical. Yeah, yeah whatever it is. Uh, the other side is, oh, you know, I have a firm belief. You know, these beliefs are such and such. You specify. You know, it's mm -hmm. totally different from what uh, Lao Tzu said. Like the really the eternal Tao is something that actually cannot be. <laughs> conceptualized or talked about mm -hmm. in human terms if human you know however powerful the language is it still has its own limitations to convey what Tao is really is yeah i think that's brilliantly put yeah yeah okay so um other in addition to mysterious is a one key word you know we uh, and also our listeners want to understand doubt. Are there other things, other characteristics of doubt? Well, constantly changing. Mm, and, and, changing. And, and this is a theme and a lot of other Chinese thought that, mm -hmm. you know, the, the I Ching mm -hmm. is the book of changes. Yep. And so these books come from similar time and the way of thinking all came about through observation which again is the scientific method but you know the 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 constancy of change is another thing that we know about Tao that it, it's a path it's a process it's it's relationships it's it's the constant relationships between the 10,000 things, which is everything, and how 
they are constantly changing each other, influencing each other, and how we're part of that constant change. We obviously are constantly changing. That there's death and creation happening constantly in every moment, going back to um, you can't have one without the other. How can you have existence without non-existence? You, you can't. I see. I see. So that sounds very like a very dynamic, right? It's a it's a, uh, a dynamic in both the sense of the uh, change and also that change is really is uh, a result of um, interactions, relationships, right? Yes, that bring that about. Um, yeah, think things aren't separate. They're they're constantly relating to each other. Relating to each other. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of a living thing, right? It's living. It's yes. Not, okay. Okay. Um, I think in a lot of the Western philosophies I, I read about, for example, Plato, he talked about this kind of two realms of the world. One is the sensible. It sounds like it, that sensible world is the sensory. It, it's just changing all the time. And then there's also another realm we call it, which is the intelligible world with the internal, with the, the formal all forms, the ultimate goodness, right? Uh, in the realm of the light, while the sensible world is the realm of the cave, you know, using his, mm -hmm. you know, analogy. Does, do you see Tao uh, in those, how Tao is different from that? Is there a part within Tao beyond the manifestations Manifestations are changing, the forms are changing. But somehow I feel Lao Tzu also talked about stillness, kind of return to the roots or something like that. There's the Qing and the Dong. Dong is the moving part, right? Mm. And Qing mm. is the stillness. Mm. What do you think? He is he also, you know, trying to convey us within change. There's also something constant somewhere. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think that does make sense that, again, if, if there wasn't, without constancy, how could you also have change that, again, there's this dialectic mm -hmm. and that you do have to have poles Part of me wonders, it sounded like there was a little bit of a hint in mm -hmm. what you were talking about of is, is Tao materialist or transcendent? And in, in other words, there's, there's like Kant talked about, mm -hmm. you know, the transcendent quality of existence or, or like more or eternal, experience. right? More eternal. Yeah. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, or even just like, um, you know, the, uh, or, or, or even an, an ideal is the idealists who, and I guess even to some extent, the, the Buddhists where are, are 
what we experience, are we experiencing a material world in our consciousness or are we experiencing something more transcendent? Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I, I think the, when you think about, uh, the dynamic Tao, the, the ever changing Tao, uh, that seems, sounds like a more in the realm of manifestation. Mm-hmm. We experience that very much. I was wondering, you know, from the very beginning, like a Qing, like when he talked about Qing and returning to the roots, mm-hmm. wasn't that is like something that kind of interesting balance uh, between, you know, the opposites when it's still like in, in kind of a balance uh, at the mm-hmm. very start, like it's called mm-hmm. a nothingness, right? At the mm-hmm. very start, but it's really not nothing in there. There's like right. something to be, uh, some kind of balance speaking to it's not like a dead balance it's a very dynamic balance over there well i think lao tzu gives us a hint here too in this first chapter i mean all all of the seeds he's kind of prepares us for just in in these few words and i think there the hint is with um the lines um um gu chang ryu so if 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 we don't have desire we're able to see more of the mysteries but when we're attached to desire we're only going to see the superficial aspects of Tao I think that that's there too that you know there's a relationship between Jing and and more of that stability and peace right and, and not clinging to our desires versus i mean dong is really we're getting into you so the relationship between movement action and desires so now we we've got those kind of two poles set up by Lao Tzu in this first chapter as well and it seems like you know that's also talked about a lot in in buddhism which obviously um another Eastern philosophy that relates a lot. I mean, Taoism and Buddhism have a lot of overlap. They're, they're quite different, but um, there are some overlap. And I think this is one of those places where when we're exploring consciousness and our, and our own phenomenology, that there is this relationship to going beyond our human desires and trying to look at something beyond that versus if we're just chasing our human desires, we kind of stay on the superficial level. And I think there's something intuitive about that, that we see, like if we watch some TV program where some reality TV show and the people are just, you know, chasing status and money or sex or, or pleasure. And everyone says like, Oh yeah, that's just a really superficial show where when we go beyond that and look for something deeper that's where people are like oh yeah this this is getting getting at something more right when you say superficial how is that uh description associated with a sensory is that kind of equivalent it's uh, that sensory uh world or realm is considered superficial while the what's the opposite of superficial like deeper or essential essential 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that one's really challenging because obviously desires are essential. I mean, if we didn't have desires, mm. no no living organism would exist. I mean, what what makes a rock's existence different than even a single-celled organism is that that desire to seek out nourishment a, a stone doesn't seek out nourishment it it just is completely without desire and it also has no emotion any emotion that it has is is only externally placed upon it by gravity so if if the wind blows hard enough and pushes a stone off of a ledge it's going to roll down the mountainside well the stone's not rolling because it has a desire to go down the mountain it's rolling because gravity is pulling it down but even a single-celled organism will move in a fluid to try to bump into some kind of nutrient that then it can absorb to maintain its structural in integrity i see so desire can, can you can you understand it as a kind of an impulse like a little impulse uh of a characteristic of life forms would you say and then yeah. as you go higher and higher to human beings that desire can you know be manifested in all different forms is more sophisticated in, in some way complex yeah form form so i think that's that's the kind of significant thing there that mm. it's it's through desire that Tao is able to manifest a multitude of forms yeah yeah so so desire becomes the vehicle for Tao to express all of these forms of itself right but i think again going beyond my human desire you can see that desire itself is just part of a bigger thing what do you mean by part of a bigger thing so rather than looking at it as you know human desires being at the top or preeminent our desires are just there again as the expression of Tao to take this this human form so for example if if i just walk out into the serengeti mm -hmm. and start running across the serengeti before too long that motion is going to trigger a desire in some predator mm -hmm. to run out and eat and eat me mm-hmm mm -hmm. okay so so my desire as a human doesn't have some sort of preferred status in the universe my desires are just part of a network of all these other organisms desires as well so human human desire doesn't have some sort of special status it's just desire across all of the organisms in the universe is part of some bigger mystery that we don't understand to express all of these relationships and forms and again we can observe it and we can try to understand these relationships through observation but we still don't understand that deeper why of like 
why does Tao want to express itself this way? Interesting. So going back to this translation I share with you and listener, the listener earlier, uh, here it says, free from desire, caught in desire. So that desire, just based on what we just discussed, can be understood as a cosmic desire, right? Mm-hmm. Of it, it, it includes the human desire, of course, a part, human desire mm-hmm. is part of it, mm-hmm. but it's bigger. It's, he's not saying like free from human desire. From it, it sounds like free from desire, you realize the mystery. Who is you here? Caught in desire, you see only the manifestation. Is he refer? Is Lao Tzu like referring to the human here, as a viewer, as a under like a consciousness being, conscious being? I think so. I mean, I, I think that he's um, really trying to shift us away from, again, our, our more egocentric mm-hmm. tendencies. Just you and I even mm-hmm. were talking about time zones this morning and just like how easy it is for us to only look at things from our perspective. And I think it's an easy thing to take for, for granted that we can have to work really hard Mm -hmm. and really have to push ourselves to see outside of our limited egocentric perspective. And so, yeah, I think when, when Lautz is talking about you, he's saying, yeah, you, you, you have to really try hard to look at things outside of your own small limited perspective and if you do that there you're going to be able to see more of the mystery i see so here desire that we've been talking about one of the characteristics is egocentric like if we're talking about in the cos- cosmic mm-hmm. terms like mm-hmm. uh, cos- like in the universe desire is part of the doubt Right. It, mm-hmm. it is. It's not outside part of the Tao, because that's the interesting part of that. When I read Plato, uh, I think some of his uh, dialogues seem to say, hey, you need to let the reason rule it. So there's mm-hmm. a big separation of it. Mm-hmm. But then in other books, uh, you know, he used uh, his mentor, uh, you know, uh, Socrates to talk to other people and desire can be a transforming force. So in other words, mm-hmm. like the desire is a ladder that helps us to reach uh, the higher realm, uh, like a motivator. So when mm-hmm. you look at some, you know, a beautiful body, then, mm-hmm. you know, that's the desire that comes out of you, uh, you know, as a form, like a, a being a form. Uh, mm-hmm. But you use that, an erotic being. Yeah, yeah, erotic being. And then you use that um, to take you to understand beauty, right? And then you re- reach that realm. It always strikes me that kind of ambivalent toward, uh, you know, mixed feeling toward desire. It's interesting. So as we we're talking about this, you know, I'm thinking that what louds the really view about this desire is that this desire it sounds like the desire is part of Tao it's part of that manifestation process right and so we can say oh desire is 
you know, it's something we, we, we run away from. We, we need to kind of em, embrace it, but yep. at the same time, know its role in the whole playing out of that. Without a doubt. I, I think the, the first thing to point out is that striving to just be in a state of pure reason that also comes from desire, right? Like someone is desiring to to be reasonable. Like there's a desire driving that. That's a good, very good point. And that can reach to in some kind of a very rigid and absolutes. Don't you think mm-hmm. that desire yeah. can, can go yeah. very far too in yep. the pursuit of reason? That's what yep. we encounter yep. in a lot of society when you know, you see a lot of intellectuals are firmly believe in their ability to reason, you know, yes, which exactly. conveys lots of arrogance and even self-delusion because, mm-hmm. again, their reasoning can be very limited. That's Yeah. And then the next thing, I think uh, uh, another way of thinking about desire is the erotic nature of the universe and and by erotic i mean not purely sexual but just the the attraction that everything has to eat each other i see the law of attraction you know people you know in yeah. other fields they talk about when you look at the working of the universe that underlying law of attraction affects a mm-hmm. lot of things you know some people call that love or some people you know, call it the law of attraction. Well, I think even looking at the destructive elements, I mean, if, if you look at gravity pulling yeah. something off of a high peak and, and down to the earth, I mean, it might destroy it when it lands, but there's that attraction to it. Or even a predator eating prey, I mean, that consuming act is is, that is an attraction. That is a wanting to interpenetrate i see yeah and and so erotic isn't just the creation the the sexual act of creation but it's that that interpenetration of everything that that deep intermingling of all the aspects of nature and the ecosystem and the universe itself that is erotic yeah I was wondering, you mentioned earlier that the Tao has another, has an aspect, the relational part. Isn't that yeah. desire that almost like serve as a lubricant or something that weaves yeah. everything together, right? Isn't that, isn't exactly. that the same force, right? We can call it, it's just, again, you know, we're using all kinds of words, you know, in different mm-hmm. fields, but that we know there's obviously some there. We can call it the law of attraction, right? If you want to sound like a more like a law or of attraction, but it's mm-hmm. like that pulling together, right? That thing. Yeah. So I think to summarize it from my perspective, then I would say Tao is mysterious and erotic. Let's talk about erotic uh, a little bit more. I want to kind of shift to the angle of our discussion because in Tao Te Ching, you know, people talked about this personal versus impersonal aspect, right? Mm-hmm. As 
Dow or Tian, you know, uh, that, you know, really like a care about us or doesn't care about we human beings mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. in other uh, beliefs, you know, or religions or, you know, creed, there's this kind of a personal, like, if I believe in this God, I worship this God, uh, you know, this God will protect me or, yeah. or you know, do some special things for me mm-hmm. versus the other people, right? Yeah. So how yeah. do you, how do you, and I want to discuss that in the context of the, that erotic nature. Mm-hmm. How do you see those things? I feel like there's a connection there. You know, you cannot go too far to say Tao is impersonal, then it's cruel. It seems like it's just like wants to bring things together, nurturing, mm-hmm. right? That feminine aspect of it. So that's, mm-hmm. that feels like a good. But if you can't go far too far as other religions and say, oh, you know, you know, this Tao is so intentional, so purposeful, so, uh, you know, it's kind of favoring us. <laughs> Yeah. caring or something. Yeah, I think I think you a sign that you might be off track is when you think that your God is going to help you win your football game or, you know, that sort of thing. No, oh, that or, that 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 I, I think that's a, a very still a good uh, kind of uh, uh, innocent innocent feeling. I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. When when a group of people feel they are chosen, and then they see the other group as you know they they are the chosen people mm-hmm. by whoever they believe in God, mm-hmm. I think that's more dangerous through history, mm-hmm. right? In terms of the mm-hmm. sports, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little more benign. Yeah, it's more benign to have you know. Okay, I want to maybe the force may the force be with with you. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think yeah i mean kind of going back to whether it's personal or or not personal i don't believe that Tao respects one single form that it takes over any of its other forms that's a good point yeah that that resonates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That being said, I think we each have personal lives. And so for us, we have to try to make some personal sense out of the, the mystery. And I, and I think that's really make choice important. or make choices yeah. in some way. Right. Yeah. Just psychologically, Mm-hmm. We have to. We're sense-making organisms. I mean, that's our whole nervous system. The purpose of our nervous systems are to make sense out of the mystery. So, that's the part where we're bound to our nervous systems as human beings. We can't go beyond what our nervous systems can make sense of. It's impossible. So. That being said, I have to decide how can I make sense out of this mystery in a way so that I can keep on the path, keep keep walking with virtue on on 
trying to to follow Tao and understand Tao. Mm. So, if I understand what you're saying, we are as individuals, whatever it is, like as individual forms, uh, especially the living forms, we are sense making. When we are sense making, are we really doing something like making our own choices? Create our boundaries. It's like a more differentiating process, and but at the same time,、mm-hmm. you talk earlier. There's this widespreading, you know, white, you know, widespreading, and the more of、uh, it's everywhere,、uh, kind of erotic that、mm-hmm. law. I feel like those two things kind of work in hand, hand in hand in some. Mm-hmm. Sense making is more like separating in in some way、mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, it's all lumped together like a <laughs> like a stew or or something,、yeah. right? It's for an individual, it's not, it's it's not it's incomprehensible,、uh, incomprehensible. But、mm-hmm. at the same, as you are separating, as you are splitting out, you also don't want to forget underneath. Maybe there's still that erotic thing、exactly. that connects us. Exactly, a hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Well, I guess like we're、uh, getting closer to the, you know, to to the hour of discussion. I was wondering if we can take maybe if we have to summarize, you know, from our discussion so far, what does that translate into this kind of realization or understanding that we were able to achieve, you know, through kind of reading the text of this first chapter. Well, I think in a way that that doesn't mean to. Abandon our our hearts, but out of that that mystery, that erotic mystery, I think then we can we don't have to take things so seriously.、Mm-hmm. But there can be some lightness、mm-hmm. that comes out of that, right? Like no matter how big things feel like they are happening to me, you know, this I'm still just this tiny little. Manifestation of Tao, that I'm part of something much bigger. That that my singular existence is just this tiny little flicker of something、mm-hmm. that that I am part of. I am part of this thing, this this larger erotic mystery that ties everything together. And even if my little organism dies. Whatever that underlying thing is, is still there, and and I'm still part of that. Like this is just something that I don't have to be so. This particular form, I don't have to be so serious about or attached to. Or attached to. Wow. When I think about a lot of people in our society nowadays, I feel a lot of the problems come from this fear or sense of. Being alone, or、uh, you know, this fear of death in a lot of ways,、mm-hmm. 
So they try everything, uh, you know, to kind of fight back or assert mm -hmm. to feel alive, whatever mm -hmm. they're engaging in. Taking the thought you have, if that's the case, then I think it's both comforting and uh, empowering to mm -hmm. think that you are part of a bigger system and you don't alone, you, you, you know, there's, I suddenly remember a quote I recently say, uh, as all, which is there's no opposite to life. There's an opposite to death, which is birth, but life is eternal. Hmm. I thought it's very profound when, when, when I, I'm hearing what you're, you're saying that Yes, you have, you are taking a form in the, in the times and space we're living in. Mm -hmm. But when you are looking beyond that, you are actually part of that huge symphony of life. Yeah. I think another way of summarizing that is that, yes, I was born and I will die, but I will always be alive. Wow. Thank you. That's. That's the, I, I love the, the last, you know, these summary you're sharing. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, from this conversation, we're, you know, at the end of the hour, and I hope that our listeners will both uh, participate in our discussion and, uh, and, and uh, be helpful to them. That sounds great. Yeah. I hope, I hope people know that they can reach out to us and, and communicate with us through our website, walkingthetimelessway.com. And we were, were always eager to write back to anyone who has questions or comments. Take care.